Welcome to Top 5 with Joey Casada. Starring Joey Casada. Team Jesus, my friend. No! Am I walking around, Park? Co starring Ernie Palooza. Now here's your host, Joey Casada. All right, welcome back to Top 5 with Joey Casada. I'm your host, Joey Casada, and I'm Kip Winger. <laughs> yeah, you look just like Kip Winger. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? You do a little bit with that little scruff. Let me see. Get closer. Whoa, very handsome, Ern. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I love that shirt you got on today. What what are you wearing? Oh, it's um in respect of today's topic, underrated hair metal bands of the 80s. One of the classics. <laughs> now, is technically Playground a hair band of the 80s or the beginning of the 90s? Well, <laughs> that's a good question, but <laughs> they, um if you're aware of their um origin story, they were um, cre they were formed in the 80s. That is true. That's true. But we did most of our work in the 90s. For anyone who doesn't know what Playground is, Playground was my old band back in the late 80s, early 90s. Ernie was the quasi-manager slash mascot of the of said band. Uh, that Those are our t-shirts, which I think are either on sale on Amazon right now, or you could get them soon, maybe for Christmas. <laughs> but yes, like Ernie mentioned, today's topic is most underrated hair metal bands of the 80s. Now, this is a great topic. I'm a big hair metal fan. And I know that that name sometimes, sometimes uh, people don't like, especially my buddy Eddie Trunk doesn't like that, that name hair metal. But we're going to use it today just because I think everyone understands what we're talking about. Right, Ern? Absolutely. <laughs> and listen, there's a lot of hair metal bands that are under underrated from that era, I think. Obviously, we know all the big ones, but... I'm curious to see your list and every, obviously everyone's list and see if we forgot anyone. You ready to dive into this? Let's get it going. <laughs> All right, you're up first. Number five. Oh, okay, my number five choice is Extreme. I'm aware that their hit, More Than Words, which was a worldwide hit, gives people the wrong idea about who they are, but they are incredibly underrated. First album is really good, and the second album is a stone-cold classic. Um, if I had to describe them, I would go with Queen-sounding harmony. What? Queen-sounding harmonies. <laughs> and with Nuno, they had their own guitar god, where Nuno could be in the top five guitar players of the whole... 80s time and a lot of funk thrown in uh, and the second album i want to stress is a must-have no i agree i mean I, I i think i even heard rumors of the second album is more than words right yeah did i hear rumors that because more than words was such a big hit people were actually buying that record and then returning it when they when they heard the other songs on that record i had heard the same thing particularly uh older people 
was more than words actually um, crossed over into adult content, content whatever that word is. <laughs> you and I cannot speak today. I love it. It's perfect. You know what? We're leaving all these bloopers in. I love it. <laughs> but but songs like Wholehearted were on that too. Big, big hits. The whole album is, there's so much more that you're, you're forgetting with that album. It's great. Oh. And even though I think people would probably argue with you that they're not underrated, I agree with you because I do think people only know them from maybe even just those two songs where they're so, so, so much more and really totally different than those two songs. Totally forgotten group. Yep, good choice, nice choice. All right, Thank so you. my number five pick, I'm also gonna go with what I consider a guitar god. You might disagree and many, many people out there might disagree, but I'm gonna go with the very unknown Vinnie Vincent Invasion. Now, stop laughing. Don't laugh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Listen, this this band, nobody knows really of this band except, you know, fellow Kiss fans, you know, like me. But this band was so underrated. I'm not sure if many people know this, but this was basically Slaughter right before Slaughter hit big. They basically hot, uh, fired Vinnie Vincent, the guitar player, because he was a maniac. And Mark Slaughter and Dana Strum who were obviously the members of Slaughter, formed Slaughter right after. So all of these songs and stylistic approaches were all found later on the Slaughter record, which was obviously a big hit. But the songs on especially the first Vinnie Vincent Invasion album, to me, are such, such great hair metal, whatever you want to call it, pop metal, um, you know, hard rock songs of the 80s. There's so many good classic songs on there. The production is amazing. Yes, Vinnie Vincent's guitar work is a little extreme and uncontrollable. He tries to do, you know, that that bumblebee, which nobody really liked. And I have a feeling that's kind of what people hated about this band. But if you take if you take that for, you know, for what it is and really just listen to the music and especially like the vocals of the first album singer, Robert Fleischman, and then Mark Slaughter on the second record. Very, very good band. You know them, Ern? Yeah, I, because of you, I do. You like them at all? No. <laughs> what, at all? Not, you know what? I'm going to turn you on to them. I, I do like some Slaughter tunes, though. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. I think for the people who don't know them that are listening to this, if you like Slaughter, you like Up All Night and Fly to the Angels, go back and listen to the first two Vinnie Vincent Invasion albums, which which came out basically right before that. I think it was 86 and then 88 and then Slaughter was probably 89 or 90. It's very similar. All right, your number four, Ern. Oh, my number four choice. And maybe they weren't underrated in the 80s, but looking back, they seem to uh, not be talked about so much. Um, I chose Rat. Great pick. Um, and I, oh, I love the first album. 
not the EP so much, but the actual first album with um, Round and Round and everything. It's probably one of the first albums I was into by anybody. Actually, that was just the beginning of my um, discovering music was when that album came out. But what I wanted to point out with Rat is that I really like the sound of their songs. There, I, there really is a Rat sound to me. Where Agreed. if you don't know the song, you still immediately know it's them. And I think um, it has a lot to do with the guitar player and the singer. You could tell, you know, yeah. Warren Demartini, the guitar, his guitar riffs, and then Stephen Piercy's vocals are very distinct. Absolutely. But do you, th- I, you know, this is a pick I might have to argue with you. I don't think they're underrated at all. They were a headlining group, right, throughout the 80s. I saw Rat and Poison at, at I think, at Madison Square Garden in like 88. Um, they had a lot of big hits on MTV, not just one, not just two, like, you know, maybe Extreme did, but they had a lot, a lot of hits. And I think their longevity lasted pretty long considering they were an 80s band. The, the way I was considering them underrated is that, as you pointed out, they had five huge hits, but most people could only name round and round. Yeah, you're right. That's true. And I do think maybe because of the antics of, of the people in the band over the years and stuff, they've gotten a little bit more of a bad rap than they should have. They should, I'm not saying they should be in this echelon, but they should be remembered with the Motley Crews of that time. They should be up there with them. And for some reason, they're not. And I'm not sure why they're not. Because they're underrated. Ah, I like that. Nice segue. Uh, that's what we call it in, in in the radio business or segway segway wait say, come over here and say it closer segway <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a good show i can tell already okay my number four so i think it's almost in the same vein as where you went i'm not sure you can consider them underrated but i do because i really believe this is a band people forgot about over the years there was a couple year period in the early 80s that this band was bigger than life maybe the biggest band you know for a year you know six months or so but i'm talking about none other than twisted sister To me, great, such an underrated band because people know them for, what do they know them for, Ern? Uh, We're not going to take it. And I want to rock. That's it. They know them for those two songs, those two videos. That's it. And listen, those two songs and two videos are iconic, both videos and songs. The videos really, you know, were, were those first fun hair metal videos to me of that time period. Everything else was still a little maybe a little serious, you know, you had the priests and the maidens and all that stuff in the early, early eighties. Then when twisted sister came along, they made those videos fun with the guy from animal house, you know, reprising his role. They were so much fun. I mean, even today, I remember my kids loving those videos growing up. They still like them. When, when, uh, uh, Nita Meyer goes up to the kid and he goes, I will slap your fat face it's one of the best lines not only in movies but in video history it's so good what's that twisted sister 
<laughs> well, and he points at points at a picture of these night. He goes, "What is that?" <laughs> I mean, it's so good. But that's all people remember. They don't realize the first two, the three records before that. No, the two records before "Stay Hungry," "Under the Blade," and "Can't Stop Rock and Roll." have non-stop amazing songs on it. Under the Blade is a little heavier, and then Can't Stop Rock and Roll became, started to become more commercial. And then even after Stay Hungry, you know, I think they kind of went a little bit too far the other way with Come Out and Play. They did those video, they did um, that video with Alice Cooper, right? Be Crudy to School, and they did Leader of the, of the Pack. But the album after that is what I really wanted to get, get to, Lovers for Suckers is one of my favorite, not only Twisted Sister records, one of my favorite records throughout the 80s. I think it's such an underrated record. And that's the real reason why I picked Twisted Sister, because I think that record should have been a huge hit. I, we've had this argument many times about this album. I mean, I do like Wake Up, The Sleeping Giant. Um, Hot Love was the, uh, the only single from the album. But a lot of those songs I don't like quite as much as you do. Although the chorus for me and the boys is a lot of fun. Oh, there's so, even Lovers for Suckers is great. Me and the boys. There's um, there's so many really catchy. Again, one bad I think habit. One bad habit. They're all so good. They're really catchy eighty songs. And I think they got this weird stigma from uh, come out and play, and they were never taken serious again. So I think it, it hurt them a little bit. But I think they're super underrated. Agreed. All right, you're number four. Uh, you're number three. Yep. All right, my my top three now is um, in some of my favorites now. Now I'm really reaching, like, really close to my heart stuff. <laughs> number three, Billy Squire. Ooh. <laughs> I have no idea why this guy has never played on the radio. I, he has great songs. His voice is so likable. Um, to me, his sound is taking Zeppelin's most pop moments and shortening them to three minutes long, which is actually a great thing. <laughs> um, a lot of people say it was the video for Rock Me Tonight, which is an incredible song. Agreed. But a lot of people consider that video for ruining his career when the video had only only him dancing around in his bedroom, <laughs> ripping his shirt off, rolling around on his bed. Um, I'm sure you loved it. Listen, I believe it or not, I actually think that video gets crapped on more than it deserves. I listen, of course, was it ridiculous? It wasn't even him with his, you know, pink sweatshirt kind of hanging off his shoulder, which to me, it's a very fashionable look. Um, but it was the way, I think it was more the way he was dancing. You know, he was kind of this serious type of uh, artist up until that point. And then all of a sudden, whoever let the reins loose in this video, it unfortunately killed his career. And, you know, I think unfairly so, because I couldn't agree more. I, I totally forgot about Billy Squire. Just in my brain, I'm thinking bands, but you're right, Billy Squire should be there. So many hits, perfectly described, you know, Zeppelin, like the hits of Zeppelin, like a pop version of what Zeppelin could be. 
I think Absolutely. Billy Squire is one of not only the most underrated artists in, from the '80s or ever, one of the best. Great stuff. We know who to thank for about Billy Squire. But somebody in our crowd, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we won't mention his name. He talks a lot. Maybe we'll maybe we'll have him on one day. But the problem is, this guy's name is Babbles, and uh, he he likes to talk a lot. And we might have to edit, you know, nine tenths of the video out. So we might not have him on anyway. <laughs> Great He's right choice. on point, though, with Billy Squire. He is. He, I remember going to the beach. He, we used to listen to it on the beach all the time. And, you know, growing up, I, re I knew Billy Squire, but I didn't remember it as much as when he started getting us into it again. Absolutely. We'll edit that out. We won't give him any credit. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my number three most underrated hair metal band of the 80s is actually one of my favorite bands ever. Uh, it's it's probably even maybe higher than three or three on my favorite bands ever, but because I'm doing most underrated, it's a little lower on my list, and that is Striper. Ah, just you know, one of my favorite bands of all time. And I do think they're so underrated. You know, they're, they're, they're a Christian metal band, which I think immediately, you know, turned a lot of people off to them, which really shouldn't have because they're such an incredible band. Starting with Yellow and, the Black, Yellow and Black Attack, their first record, Soldiers Under Command might be, might be my favorite record from this whole time period, never mind just from this band. I think they're so underrated. They're still going strong today, releasing great killer records. Almost every year they're releasing a new record, which is still really, really good. Robert Sweet is one of my favorite drummers, most influenced. Um, he influenced me almost more than any other drummer besides, you know, Peter Chris and, and Eric Carr from Kiss. These guys had song after song, charisma, vocals, guitar playing, harmonies, drums, everything about them but they i think they never got their just due they were never a headlining band and i think it was because of that whole christian rock thing what do you think Ern? i soldiers under command is a great great album um the other albums i like but soldiers is still listenable and it's it's still in my rotation if and that's if, that's not even their biggest it. record i mean to hell with their to hell with the devil after that was bigger than than soldiers and you know with honest honesty yeah, that and, was uh, that's why with, with honesty yeah but i mean soldiers is back to front front to back a perfect record it really is but i do do you think they're underrated you think people forget about striper yes people um will shut them out instantly with the term christian hard rock Inst or christian rock instantly shut them shut them and, out and that's what happened to them when they first came out. Again, never really a headliner. You know, they, they were headline theaters and clubs and stuff like that, but they never did an arena headlining tour where I absolutely think they could have. And it's just unfortunate that they got labeled and people wouldn't take them seriously because of that label. All right, your number two. My number two is the Scorpions. Ooh. I'm still loving it. I know everyone thinks Van Halen started this genre, but the Scorpions need to be talked about as well. 
and they were around way before Van Halen too. Scorpions excel, in my eyes, at power ballads better than any other group, uh, probably bar none. Scorpions power ballads are the greatest ever. And that's a very important part of hair metal albums. But everybody oh, only talks about No One Like You, Rocky Like a Hurricane, and probably Wind of Change. But there's so much more to the Scorpion story. Yeah. Agreed. Scorp a tremendous pick. I remember seeing them, Monsters of Rock, uh, 1988, Van Halen, Scorpions, uh, Metallica, Dokken, and Kingdom Come. And I remember, and I was a big Van Halen fan at that time. I thought the Scorpions stole the show. I mean, I was only, you know, 13 or 14 years old when I saw that show, and the Scorpions killed it at Giant Stadium that night. But again, I have to say, do you think they're underrated? Yeah, I think they're underrated in the grand scheme of things. I think people don't think of the Scorpions like they think of Bon Jovi and Def Leppard and, you know, all of these other bands, but they're still a big, big band. Outside of America, um, they definitely wouldn't, would be, they wouldn't be considered underrated. But I think inside of America, they are really underrated. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't disagree. I just question, I mean, again, they were a headlining band. They had a lot of big hits, but maybe it's also because the Scorpions, like you mentioned earlier, were really a 70s band. And then they came along and really hit the 80s strong too. So maybe, you know, even bands like Y&T to me, were, was a band that kind of was really good in the 80s, but maybe because they weren't these young, you know, Bon Jovi, Poison type guys in the mid 80s, they were older because they were around in the 70s, never got their just due, probably because of videos. You know, Klaus Minor is, uh, is no uh, gorgeous looker. No, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I think that, you know, that's a big problem too with the MTV era we're talking about. It had, had a lot to do with image. Particularly with this type of music. Of course. I mean, they couldn't, I mean, that's what Playground was competing with all those years, right? <sighs> Great stuff, though. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who wants to hear some Playground stuff, by the way, you can go on my YouTube channel. We have, I have full concerts of Playground on there. I have full playlists and demos and stuff like that. It's, it's fun stuff. You guys will like it. I know you care. You guys deceive you. You say you don't. Okay, so my number two. Now I have a feeling, I have a funny feeling our number one might be the same, but my number two is also one of my favorite bands of all time. And I think I got you into this band later uh, in later years, and that's Autograph. Such an underrated band. Again, one of those bands had that one, really only one big hit, Turn Up the Radio. And that's what everyone remembers. No one talks about them for anything else. They don't talk about that debut record or the second record, uh, That's the Stuff, or the third record, Loud and Clear. All three of those records, again, there's no filler material on any of these records. And that's a big thing for me. I think when these bands, you know, have a couple hits 
and then the rest of the album isn't great, I don't consider them that underrated because maybe they are just, you know, a couple of hits. But when a band has a big hit and then the whole album is also killer, I mean, I still listen to Autograph today, listen to those records all the time. Still super strong. The singer Steve Plunkett went on to be a big Hollywood songwriter. He wrote theme songs for all like WB shows like Seventh Heaven. He had songs in 90210, big, big time songwriter. And if you listen back to his songs back then, even though they have that 80s glam on them, they're all great singable pop songs. Don't quote me on this, but I think the, the term hair metal actually comes from Autograph's um, big single, Turn Up the Radio. Really? I think because whenever a song hits the top 40, for some reason they have to assign a genre. And the, and the genre didn't exist before that song, I believe. Well, don't tell Eddie Trunk that because he'll he'll uh, he'll kill us. <laughs> but no, I mean, I don't know. I you know what? Come to think of it, I don't remember hair metal being called hair metal ever in the eighties. I don't remember that term ever. I think it became a term in the nineties, almost as an insult to these bands, rather than it being, you know, a, a term of of a, a genre or endearment. And, you know, over the years, I, I think it's it's not a derogatory term. I think it's fine to call this genre hair metal just because it's an easy way to describe the groups of this era. I don't I don't find it as a bad term at all. But again, Autograph to me, killer band. If you haven't heard any other records, I'd start with the first and then move along. Their guitar player, actually, uh, Steve Lynch, I had posted forget what it was i posted something on my facebook page a couple months ago and he commented on the on the post and was telling me a story how when they toured with van halen around 1984 steve lynch was also doing a lot of that finger tapping stuff and van halen's management came over to him and told him you're not allowed to do that don't do that on this stage anymore while you're opening for van halen <laughs> That's insane because by that time, everybody was doing it. Of course, it's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, your number one, which I have a feeling is also my number one, go to it. Well, when I made this list, this was number one before there was anything else even written on the list. It was the first thing. It's what had to be number one. There was no question. Um, in my top 10 groups of all time, enough's enough. Absolutely. Same as me. Same pick. I knew you had it. And I knew when you suggested this topic, that's the first band you thought of. Oh, probably hurt by being placed in this genre more than helped for them. Right. You, I'll tell you how great they are to me. They're so great that I remember where I was and who I was with the first time I heard them. I mean, that's the impact this group had on me. Um, I gave a mixed CD as a wedding favor when I got married and Enough's Enough was the only hair metal band on it. I'm, I'm gonna try to describe the sound and here's the best I can think of. Um, try to imagine if John Lennon joined Cheap Trick. Perfect. Per I was just gonna say Beatles and Cheap Trick. That's exactly what I would have said too. They're that good. 
if you can imagine what they're that even better. They're better than what you're describing. They're absolutely better than you're describing. I think, and again, my 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 first favorite band, everyone obviously knows, is always the same. Um, but my second, third, and fourth favorite bands are always in flux. Uh, and I will tell you, enough's enough has taken over that second spot quite often. Enough's enough is that high on the list for me. Again, most people know them for Fly High Michelle and maybe New Thing because they were both MTV hits around 1989. But they are so much more. That first record is great, but then Strength and then so on and so forth. They must have 10 or 12 solid, solid albums that, again, front to back are perfect, perfect records. Albums like Seven, albums like um, Paraphernalia, which might be their best album, which was probably, you know, their eighth or ninth album. Albums like Ten. All of these albums, again, went by the wayside. And I, I think I even remember a story, and tell me if I'm correct, or I'm sure our buddy, would, Billy, would remember this. The album Peach Fuzz. You remember this album? Of course. I believe, and this was around 94, 95, I think, did they try to release this record as a different band, as a different name? Like bro Brothers, maybe? Something. I don't remember the name of it, but I remember reading an article that Enough's Enough was shopping this to record labels under a completely different name because they were so pigeonholed and labeled, you know, with this Enough's Enough name and image and the peace symbol and the makeup and all that stuff from that new thing video that nobody in the 90s would give them a chance where Peach Fuzz could have easily been on the radio um, with bands like Blind Melon and, um, Jesus, who else? Gin Blossoms and bands like that. It would have fit perfectly in that genre, but nobody gave them a chance because they were in, you know, in this hair metal category. It's unfortunate. But it's what a, a, I, it's, what a great it's band. our secret, though, this group. <laughs> You know, it really does feel like that. I feel like there's a couple people that I run into over the years that, you know, when I say enough's enough, they're like, oh, yeah, they're great. They're awesome. I mean, I was even just, uh, I forget, I texted Eric Martin. I played with Eric Martin from Mr. Big in his solo band, and I was texting back and forth with him something the other night, and I posted something. Donnie Vi, the singer of Enough's Enough, posted something online the other day about you know, it was one of the most saddest days in his, in his life because his second favorite fish passed away. And it was all because he couldn't resist overfeeding him. And I had, I just found that I found the post so funny that I was forwarding it uh, to other guys and, and I'm on a group thread. And Eric Martin commented that, you know, these guys were geniuses. They were great, amazing songwriters that no one gives them credit for. Except one guy, Howard Stern, always praised Enough's Enough. He actually wrote the, the liner notes um, for the third album. If you ever buy the third album, he yeah. has a, a, a two pages written by Howard Stern about how much he loves this band. I remember us, you know, going into the city to see them and missing half of the set because our the singer for Playground kept us drinking too long and we wind up missing almost the whole set, right? Yep. <laughs> what a great night though fun night oh great night but again the, to me easily not only the most underrated 80s band or 80s hair metal band maybe the most underrated band of all time you agree with that i would say yeah 
I when I think of enough is enough. I think a cheap trick when they were at their best, you know, in the in the seventies with the first couple albums, yeah, which is an get, incre another incredible sound. They listen, did it for twenty years. Enough's enough. I love comparing them to Cheap Trick and the Beatles because that's what people know and people will immediately understand what we're talking about. But I got to tell you, and I know this is going to sound ridiculous and sacrilegious, I think they blow Cheap Trick out of the water. I think Enough's Enough's catalog and material is way better. It's Cheap Trick at its best all the time. Cheap yep, Trick is great, but Cheap Trick, they have some clunkers through the years, songs and albums. Whereas Enough's Enough is, you know, it's cheap trick, it's surrender, every song. No, I definitely, I agree. Cheap Trick only had the late 70s, the, those four albums. Yeah. But Enough's Enough, they're, st they're still going. Yeah. yeah, they're still going. Yep. <laughs> and I remember I ran into Chips Enough, I think it was on when, when, I, when I opened up for Kiss on the Rock the Nation tour. Chips Enough was backstage one day and I was talking to him, telling him, what a big fan I was. And he was like, how the hell do you know? Uh, how do you know Enough's Enough? Because we were young, you know, on tour with Kiss. He didn't think anyone knew Enough's Enough anymore. And I was telling him all about the, you know, the later albums that I loved, like Peach Fuzz and Seven, especially, which to me was a great, great record. And he was like blown away that I even knew what the hell I was talking about. I'll tell you what I love about Enough's Enough. And there's so much. We're going to go way over our I time. Know, I know, I know. But... <laughs> They are the experts at writing an anti-love song, which is not the same thing as a hate song. It's about the part of the relationship where they don't love each other anymore, but they haven't figured out how to break up either. That, that period of time, which is a very sad, depressing time where it's not love anymore, but it is dependency. Right. And they, they put it together in their three minute songs. They, they <laughs> get that, that, still have tonight we don't oh, have to be so friends the, the, if you the, that's what the lyrics make me think of they're not in love anymore but they haven't figured out how to it's been so long together they haven't figured out how to break up it's so depressing and it's so great perfectly said Don, donnie is one of the best songwriters i've ever heard again i know ridiculous to say you know they've actually you know every once in a while i love the beatles big big beatles fan they surpass the Beatles to me every once in a while, too. You know, it's, it's always back and forth. You know, my top four or five bands are always, you know, Kiss is always number one. Then I have Beatles, Zeppelin, Striper, Enough's Enough. I have all these bands kind of flip-flopping all over the place. But that's how good and how high I hold Enough's Enough. Wonderful stuff. All right. We, you know, we've, we always forget to do our honorable mentions until the end. We're supposed to do them before... <laughs> Number one, but we I forget, we don't forget, I forget every week, but let's do one honorable mention, and one honorable mention for most underrated hair metal band of the 80s. My brother's favorite band ever, Twisted Sister. I want to point out this was a difficult list to do. It's difficult to measure the term underrated. I mean, what I do is I write all these groups, and then I start crossing stuff off, so I'm left with six, you know, five honorable mention. So I saw Dokken was at one time, White Lion was there, Warrant, even Skid Row and even Poison, which was huge when they were out, but yeah. everybody makes fun of them now. Um, and I really wanted to squeeze Love Hate in there somewhere as well, but yeah. that's a personal thing. <laughs> However, Twisted Sister deserves to be mentioned. They had five albums and I can listen to more than half of them 
all the way through, except the last two. And I, I know you like the last one. Crazy. I don't. I certainly don't like the last one as well. As certainly as not as much as you. But the first three albums are listenable all the way through. I gotta tell you, uh, even come out and play, it's not listenable all the way through. But there's a handful of great songs on there. It's a weird. It's their weirdest album. Yeah, agreed. It's it's almost overreaching. It's, it's the like, weirdest. It's, it's, it's the like, worst too. Yeah. It's almost like an early version of Use Your Illusion. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're all over the place with that. Oh, I wanted to point out Twisted Sister, a really underrated singer. Well, by the oh, way. my God. Yeah. Yeah. D is, is so, so underrated, especially if you hear him live. I've gotten the opportunity to play on stage with D many times, jamming on a lot of those classic uh, Twisted Sister songs. And he is so powerful live. His voice is still not only strong back then, but still so strong today. And as a songwriter, he wrote most of that stuff. Again, I keep going back to Lo Lovers for Suckers, but Lovers for Suckers, I know it's the most Twisted Sister fans don't like it because it's a polished um, love song, if you want to call it, type album for Twisted Sister. But if you really take it for what it is, it's a very anthemic album still. It has a lot of those big songs. Yes, it also has these cool love songs, but Dee's voice is killer on that record. Yeah, he's, uh, I've even listened to a lot of Dee's stuff without Twisted Sister, and he always hits it out of the ballpark for me. And on a personal note, too, I love all those guys in Twisted Sister. You know, unfortunately, AJ passed away, but, you know, JJ, great friend of mine, Eddie, Mark Mendoza, I'm actually – doing the Mark Mendoza show tonight after we record this, and I'll be live on uh, on Facebook doing Mendoza's show right after this. Mendoza's a really good friend, and even D has been a friend of ZO2, and you know D was obviously on Z-Rock a couple times, so we love those guys, and I remember in the 80s, you know, there was a period of time, you know, around 84 when they were the biggest thing on MTV that they were almost rivaling Kiss for me at one point as my favorite band. Well, that's a uh, big words. Those are big. I know. Those, that, that's uh, those are fighting words. I get it. But that that a perfect segue into the next into my honorable mention. So I know this is going to sound crazy, but my honorable mention is none other than Kiss. And I know it sounds ridiculous because Kiss is one of the biggest bands ever, but everyone forgets about 80s Kiss, which was really hair metal Kiss. You know, from 1983 through 89 or even through 92, Kiss was basically a hair metal band. You know, they were right along the sides of Bon Jovi and the Poisons and Cinderella's and Rat and all that stuff. Of course, they were still from the 70s, but no one remembers those albums. Everyone thinks of the makeup kiss from the 70s. And of course, now they've been back in makeup for, you know, over 20 years again, almost, you know, almost, almost 30 years. So people remember makeup kiss and they forget about this whole genre of kiss, which was, which was really longer than some of these other 80s bands we're talking about. You know, they had Lick It Up, Animalize, Asylum, Crazy Nights, Hot in the Shade. These albums were all platinum 80s albums 
where people don't even remember them and most people even disregard them as garbage where they are such such great hits it's funny when back in the 80s when i used to go see kiss live i used to you know people would always say oh my god did you ever get a chance to see kiss in makeup back in the 70s it's the opposite question now now everyone asks oh my god did you ever see kiss without makeup and the answer is yes of course that's you know even though i'm a big 70s kiss fan i grew up with this kiss this was my kiss as a kid so that's why i really believe that they're very underrated oh boy <laughs> what, what an opinion like that oh it sounds like you want to be lonely <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Who Wants to Be Lonely is one of maybe the best song from the 80s. Not by Kiss, by anybody. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm going to make no. you lonely when I throw you off this podcast. I'm going to do. <laughs> so am, am I assuming you disagree with that choice? Yes. Now, uh, of course, my, my introduction to Kiss was the 80s Kiss. Um, I mean, I did have Destroyer on an A track as a kid. Sure. When I'm um, playing it in my two XL. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I two XL, of course. <laughs> that's how you start, That's where I first started playing music was through that thing. <laughs> but um, the uh, there was a greatest hits Kiss compilation in the '80s. Um, Smashes, dresses, and hits. Yeah, let's put the X and set. Oh and, yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. So don't forget. I am the aware. Don't, don't forget the classic. You make me. Rock hard. hard. Yes. <laughs> no, I again, didn't listen, I know it's cheesy, but all that stuff was cheesy. It was meant to be cheesy. I just think people forget how many good songs were on those 80s Kiss records because, you know, they don't play them anymore. They, they almost forgot about that whole era. <sighs> yep. <laughs> all right, yep, send, yep. send your hate mail to Ernie Palooza. At gmail.com. No, I'm kidding. Um, so that's the show for this week. I think we had a really good list. I, I loved some of your picks on. I loved the Billy Squire pick. Totally forgot. I'm not sure about the Rat Scorpions just because I, I agree that they're amazing bands, but I don't know if they're underrated. But I like the picks. You know, sometimes you have a little trouble understanding the topic, I think. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, yes. Even though you came up with the topic this week. For everyone out there, um, I'm sure you have your opinions on what the most underrated 80s hair metal band was. Please send us your, your thoughts. Send us emails even at, uh, you can send emails to top5withjoeycasada at gmail.com. Send us some suggestions for shows. Post comments on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Go to YouTube, make some comments. Uh, where We premiere usually every Tuesday night. Uh, with a new episode, we want to hear your suggestions, but more so, we want to know what are your top five picks. Ern, we're out of here. Goodbye, Mr. Vinny Vincent. <laughs> this boy wants to rock, baby. Hip winger. <laughs>